Good morning, brothers and sisters. I find it very providential that today we celebrate in our country a day in honor of mothers, we call it Mother's Day, and this week in particular we're having such public debates and controversy over the abortion law. I think it's providential because it shows the hypocrisy in our country that we would celebrate mothers and motherhood while simultaneously legalizing their ability, and the fathers as well, to kill children in the womb, to destroy the very essence of motherhood. I thought it was absolutely appropriate that because of this, I speak on the church's teachings of abortion today. And something I don't normally do is, is read long texts, but I thought just to help all of you out, and so that you can never say, well, Father Miller, I, I didn't read the catechism. I, I don't know what it says. I'm going to read to you what it says on abortion. You can look up in the index under A for abortion. It begins on paragraph 2270. It's just a, a few pages. I won't read all of it, but most of it to you. And I want you to try to listen carefully. This is the official Catholic Church teaching on all issues of abortion. Human life must be respected and protected absolutely from the moment of conception. From the first moment of his existence, a human being must be recognized as having the rights of a person among which is the inviolable right of every innocent being to life. Since the first century, the church has affirmed the moral evil of every procured abortion. This teaching has not changed and remains unchangeable. Direct abortion, that is to say, abortion willed either as an end or as a means, is gravely contrary to the moral law. Formal cooperation in an abortion constitutes a grave offense. The church attaches the canonical penalty of excommunication to this crime against human life. Quote, a person who procures a completed abortion incurs excommunication late sententiae, which means by the very commission of the offense. So whoever procures an abortion or cooperates in the procurement of abortion is automatically excommunicated by the act of doing so. And these persons are subject to the conditions provided by canon law. The church does not thereby intend to restrict the scope of mercy. Rather, she makes clear the gravity of the crime committed the irreparable harm done to the innocent who are put to death, as well as to the parents and the whole of society. The inalienable right to life of every innocent human individual is a constitutive element of a civil society and its legislature. The inalienable rights of the person must be recognized and respected by civil society and the political authority. These human rights depend neither on single individuals nor on parents, nor do they represent a concession made by society and the state. They belong to human nature and are inherent in the person by virtue of the creative act from which the person took his origin. Among such fundamental rights, one should mention in this regard every human being's right to life 
and physical integrity from the moment of conception until death. The moment a positive law deprives a category of human beings of the protection which civil legislation ought to accord them, the state is denying the equality of all before the law. I want to read that to you again. Please listen carefully. The moment a positive law deprives a category of human beings of the protection which civil legislation ought to accord them, the state is denying the equality of all before the law. When the state does not place its power at the service of the rights of each citizen, and in particular of the most vulnerable, the very foundations of a state based on law are undermined. As a consequence of the respect and protection which must be ensured for the unborn child from the moment of conception, the law must provide appropriate penal sanctions for every deliberate violation of the child's rights. Since it must be treated from conception as a person, the embryo must be defended in its integrity, cared for, and healed as far as possible like any other human being. Prenatal diagnosis is morally licit if it respects the life and integrity of the embryo and the human fetus and is directed towards its safeguarding or healing as an individual. It is gravely opposed to the moral law when this is done with the thought of possibly inducing an abortion, depending upon the results. A diagnosis must not be the equivalent of a death sentence. One must hold as licit procedures carried out on the human embryo with respect to the life and integrity of the embryo and do not involve disproportionate risk for it, but are directed towards its healing, the improvement of its condition of health, or its individual survival. It is immoral to procure human embryos intended for exploitation as disposable biological material. Certain attempts to influence chromosomatic or genetic inheritance are not therapeutic, but are aimed at producing human beings selected according to sex or other predetermined qualities. Such manipulations are contrary to the personal dignity of the human being and his integrity and identity, which are unique and unrepeatable. Now, I don't expect you to remember all of that, but at least you've heard it one time. Please, if you don't have a catechism, get one. Every Catholic home should have at least one catechism of the church. And it's important to note that this is the official church teaching. This is the language the church herself has chosen to explain the position that has been handed down to us by Christ himself and the apostles. In this section, it quotes a document called the Didache. This is one of the earliest official documents of the church outside of the scriptures, of course. And it is the teaching of the 12 apostles. So these are the teachings that were handed down by the 12 apostles in the early life of the church. We believe it was written in the year around the, in the hundreds, the year hundreds. I don't know how to say that. So, a hundred years after Christ, there you go. In the Didache, it specifically condemns the grave moral evil of abortion. 
So for 2,000 years, this teaching has been unchanged and is, as the catechism said, unchangeable. The passage I repeated needed to be emphasized because it points out from Christ's own standpoint that every civil society and every legislature has a required duty to protect the rights of all individual lives. And if they create laws that break the equality and dignity of all human life, society itself and the laws and the rule of law that seeks to govern it are fundamentally damaged at their core. In our country, for generations now, killing an unborn baby has not only been permitted, it has been legalized and government-funded. One of the great things you hear now in politics is equality, 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 right? Everybody likes to throw this word around. Equal rights for this person, equal rights for that person. You know, don't be a racist, all of that stuff. Yeah, fine, that, that's all true, it sounds great. But the Catechism pointed out very clearly that if any group of persons in a society by law is not protected, then equality within that society doesn't exist. There is nothing we can do in this culture to create true equality among peoples until this grave evil is overturned legally. And what the church pointed out was societies not only cannot create laws encouraging, supporting, protecting abortion, but must create laws penalizing those who participate in the procurement of abortions, meaning you have to be punished. This is official church teaching. This is for every society throughout the world and throughout time. I would be remiss if I did not point out that two of the most powerful political figures in our country who are technically Catholic, our president, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, publicly not only condone, but they encourage, defend, and protect the quote-unquote right to abortion. And at the same time, call themselves faithful Roman Catholics. This is not true. I tell you now, if they die unrepentant, they will be damned to hell for the rest of eternity. And that's not speculation. That's church teaching. Anyone in grave moral evil who dies unrepentant is damned. And whether they have procured abortions for themselves or their spouses is irrelevant. As public figures who can influence legislation in this area, they are directly culpable for the continuation of abortion in this country. They would even be culpable if they were merely silent on the issue and did not give an opinion one way or the other. And I'm not standing here before you condemning them or judging them as if I'm somehow better. I don't think I'm 
less sinful than them necessarily. But I would never reject Catholic Church teaching, not publicly and not privately. We have a grave moral obligation to pray for them because they represent, at least in a political sphere, the Catholic Church. And if that weren't grave enough, we don't want anyone to go to hell. We need to pray for their repentance and their conversion. And it's important to note that it's not enough for them to privately repent of this issue. Let's say they have a conversion in their heart, and so they just quietly go to confession and repent of their sins. They cannot be forgiven for this unless their repentance is public. Because of their position of authority and power, they must publicly recant of the sin that they've publicly endorsed. Until that happens, they cannot be forgiven. And if Catholics in politics are not standing up for the truths of the church, then what hope do we have in overturning these grave evils and healing our country? It's also important that I point out to you that I can stand up here at St. Dorothy's and preach from the pulpit on this church teaching because I have the authority to do so. But this isn't going to influence Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or anyone else necessarily. I mean, I, I don't suppose they're ever going to hear of this homily. Maybe. I don't know. Not by me. We have to be concerned for their bishops who have not publicly spoke out against them, who have not condemned them for this action and these words, who have not publicly refused them Holy Communion. But through their own silence, have allowed this evil to continue. And I will tell you, these bishops and these priests will be punished more severely than Nancy and Joe. Because who can teach these individuals if their bishops and priests don't teach them? It's the church that's in more danger than anyone else. Pray for the bishops. Pray for the priests. They would have the courage to speak out the truth. Because if we as the clergy do not speak the word of God, then how can the sheep recognize his voice? That's what our Lord says in the gospel today. My sheep hear my voice and follow me. I can tell you Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and anyone in a similar position are not sheep of the flock of Jesus Christ. They may have been at one point, but they are no longer. For one simple reason, Jesus says his sheep recognize his voice and they follow him. These individuals clearly aren't following him, obviously they don't recognize his voice. They are not members of the flock of Jesus Christ any longer. 
And so is anyone who rejects this very clear and necessary church teaching. Now, for those of you who may be concerned, the automatic excommunication that falls to those who participate in the procurement of an abortion can be lifted by any priest when the person comes to confession. So we have been given the authority to lift that excommunication. But the excommunication stands until the person repents in the sacrament. I will tell you, though, however, it's not enough for us merely to pray. That is absolutely essential. We need to pray for their conversion, their sanctification, their repentance. We need to pray for ourselves, that we'd be, we would be more faithful to Jesus Christ. But above all, you have to understand the deeper spiritual and mystical element that's taking place here. You see, the demon associated with human sacrifice is called Malak, is spoken about in the scriptures. He's been around since Adam and Eve were created. He was there when Cain killed Abel, the first human sacrifice. And he has been present in every society throughout the world. What we've recognized is the greater the society, the more power and wealth and influence it has throughout the land, the more present Moloch is in that society. The more prevalent is human sacrifice in all of its forms. But the highest form of demonic sacrifice is the sacrifice of the innocent. The more innocent the individual, the greater power is given to Moloch. Newborn babies are some of the best, but children in the womb, even better. Every great society in human history has done this. In fact, in ancient Egypt, there used to exist a plant that if a pregnant woman would eat the leaves of the plant, she would have an automatic abortion. It would kill the baby in her womb. Now, you would think with the desire for abortions that this plant would be widely known and used. The problem is it's extinct. It's extinct because it was used up so completely by the Egyptians that they could not grow it fast enough. And now it doesn't exist anymore, except in the historic records of ancient Egypt. Abortion is nothing new. And Moloch seeks to pervert all human life. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross, it was Moloch who was there, encouraging, directing all those involved, because he knew Jesus was innocent. He knew Jesus was holy, and he wanted him killed for the wrong reason, human sacrifice. But what he didn't realize was that Jesus was the Son of God and that he willingly submitted to the death even though it was unjustly thrust upon him. And in doing so, he conquered both sin and death. That's the lesson we all need to learn. 
Because if we want to overturn the evils of human sacrifice in our culture and throughout the world, we must do what Christ did. We must be willing to sacrifice ourselves, even if we are unjustly condemned. You can say, well, Father, that's not fair when the government takes away my rights, when the government doesn't respect my inner dignity. Why should you expect this government to ever do that? They don't respect the dignity and rights of an unborn baby. This is just an extension of that. You have no reason to complain. But if you, like Christ, willingly submit to those types of crucifixion in your life and offer it up to the Father within and through Christ's cross, then you can help to overturn this evil in our culture. That is the only way. And so we pray for courage. We pray for an increase of faith, and we pray for holy conversion and repentance for our political leaders, for our church leaders, and for each one of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.